Hello, fam. This episode of this podcast is brought to you by Jose Valdez of the Valdez Group. If you're looking for a home, selling a home, look no further than the Valdez Group. Jose Valdez has been a friend of this podcast and is a great asset to the community. You got to support him. His phone number, if you want to contact him, is 909-649-4670. You can call him or text him. His email is josevaldez underscore 33 at yahoo.com. The Valdez Group, that's Jose Valdez, located at 16923 Sierra Lakes Parkway, Suite 101, Fontana, California, 92336. Support those who support the podcast. That's Jose Valdez, The Valdez Group. Disconnected Podcast shares experiences, points of views about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. No right or wrong topics here. Just honest talk to connect generations and, as usual, situations to not necessarily agree, but definitely be listened to. I'm your host, Catholic.Dad, and I have a special guest later, so stay tuned. Different points of view and highs and lows. Perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind Drown out the noise And see if this connected And see if this connected Welcome, fam, to another episode of This Connected Podcast. We have tonight a special guest. We have, actually, this episode, we are titling it Bearded Men. No way! Which brings me to my special guest tonight. We have Snacks, a.k.a. Jaime Larios. Um, excuse me? From Barstow. Welcome, Jaime. Thank you, Catholic Dad, once again. Yeah, it's another time. We had uh, we had some good times last time. We brought some of the youth last time, and we were talking some Catholic youth who were on fire. Yeah, when you guys made the trek to the desert. Yeah, that was a long trek. And you know what? Those guys, those guys are so on fire. Developed that group called Estovir. Um, you know some of those guys, uh, David, Jaime. Um, oh, he's new. He's a new guy. Jaime. Um, we have Tim, Jared, Adam, Robert. Um, who else? I'm forgetting people. Luis. Um, man, I shouldn't have started naming them because now I'm forgetting people. Uh, but a whole bunch of other guys <laughs> on there. Um, two younger, younger people, Nathan and Carlos, joined the group. Uh, Aaron, one of the older boys. Edwin, forgot Edwin, uh, mm-hmm. is one of those guys who's just on fire with their faith. Um, part of this group called Estovir, be a man. Um, I think they're actually getting shirts, bro. And on their shirt it says Estovir at the very bottom, Serviam. Um, you know, I feel like I have to explain that to people every time I say that. 
And it's, um, you know, if you look at it, Servia, it was the test of God to the angels. And Lucifer said, non serviam, which means I will not serve. And St. Michael the Archangel said, serviam, which means I will serve God. And that's the story. So Wow. That's that story. See, I mean, that's something new for me to learn, you know? Yeah. That gave me the chills last time. It was like, because their group is Estovir underscore SM, which stands for St. Mary's. It's it's a wonderful uh, group of high school students and a couple of young adults. Maybe you should be part of that group. You did give me um, the sticker or was a card Yeah. along with these medals, you know, uh, St. Christopher, uh, the Miraculous Medal, and... I remember correctly, St. Jose Maria Escriva. That's right, St. Jose Maria Escriva. So anyways, snacks, um, your way out there. This is the Bearded Man episode, obviously, for people who can't see this. We are bearded men. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of awkward because, you know, for an Asian man having a beard, again, that's that's kind of like, you know, people like, well, how did you grow a beard? Like, I don't know. It just started growing out. It happens. It happens. But it happens. But snack. How long have you had a beard? Um. Honestly, no facial hair ever showed up besides a mustache. All through high school, um, I really didn't see any beard until maybe college when I started community college, and that was back in like 2006, 2007. I didn't really embrace it until later on in life where I started just letting it grow longer, getting it edged up, trimmed up, stuff like that. And finally people started noticing like, yeah, you got a beard on you. And I'm like, I do, don't I? And there's been several times where like I've shaved it completely off mustache, everything. And just looking like a 14 year old boy again. And people sometimes wonder like, time is that you, you know, what happened to your beard? And, you know, I just call it a, a bearded man, you know, break, you know, where you're wondering if it's too full, if it's not full enough. So you're like, I'm going to shave it again. I'm going to start over again. Yeah. So, yeah. I had that episode last year um, when we met. I was shaved bald and uh, I was regretting it. And um, yeah, you had you had the hurt in your eyes. I could tell. I saw you and Mark and I was like, that's my beard. So decided to grow it back. Decided to grow it back. And you know what? For me, it was actually, um, you know, growing up, never had a beard. Yeah, I didn't get this until my 40s and um, just decided I'm going to just let it grow. And the reason for that wasn't because, um, well, one, I got lazy. I got tired of shaving. You know, it's like most people don't realize out there, you know, most men, we shave you know, once, twice a day because, you know, if you have to go out at night, you got to shave that five o'clock shadow. It, it it starts to burn your face. You know, that's a blade you're putting on your face. So I got tired of it. And plus, there was this thing um, that came about. It was called the Nazarite Challenge. And let me pull out my Bible. <coughs> The Nazarite challenge is, I think it's in, in numbers, um, where men, men did not shave. You know, it was a symbol of, of their faith. It was a symbol of their, 
they're they're um following God. They were the Nazarites. And you knew them because they were just never shaved. They were full on beard. Um and so every November, you know, that, that no shave November is actually yeah. for Catholics it's called the Nazarite Challenge. So, oh wow. So you know, we gotta get some people to join that. Um and you know, part of that Nazarite challenge there's a uh, this group that that sells this uh, this beard balm. I think I, I sent you uh, some of this yes. beard balm. Yes, uh, I have it. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think I, I sent you holy smokes. Holy smokes! Holy yes, you did. Smokes. And I have here. Finally, got to use it because confirmation just started, and I told you I got this for confirmation because it is. <laughs> like I'm putting this next to the mic, so like thinking you can you can smell it, but it's chrism scented beard balm. So, for you guys who are getting confirmed, you get that holy oil, that chrism oil on your forehead. That's what my beard balm smells like. So every day, I feel like I'm filling your beard with the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. And I'm thinking these beard balm from Catholic Balm Company. Maybe they're blessed. Don't know. Oh, that is right. That is right. That's right. So, um, aside from beards, you know, uh, your friend Mark, our friend Mark, also has a beard. Anybody else around you? They have beards, or um, well, let me just say, Mark's beard is astounding. <laughs> uh, you know, he had nothing. He, I've known Mark since he was sixteen, and his his beard's sprouted and it just grew and it's an impressive sight it really is as someone who's bearded i'm jealous actually of his beard um i know bob our our uh, youth minister here in uh, barso yeah he can grow out a semi good beard but he doesn't like it he likes clean cut he just stays clean cut he'll um grow it out but he'll he'll um take it down and line it up real nice like a real nice like chin strap and I'm always like encouraging him. I'm like, just let it go, you know, just, you know, and Here, here's my issue, you know, and I, I'm so jealous. There's this guy, Mike, at, at work, and I think he's Middle Eastern or something like that. But he has this beard. I mean, it's just thick, long, beautiful, smooth. And and I'm like, how come I can't get that? Because, you know, I got spots here and spots there and just won't feel. I'm using that oil, you know, that growth, beard growth oil. And, like, sometimes it just doesn't fill in. Do you ever have that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, um, for the longest, there is pre-beard, I was always having those spots. And, um... I think I just kept shaving. Like, I just kept shaving it off, shaving it off, shaving it off with the hopes that it would just finally fill in. And eventually the parts that, you know, I was struggling with, they did fill in, but it doesn't go any longer than this. Really? Like, it'll go, it'll grow longer, but it'll be uneven. It won't fill Like, it won't, yeah, it won't fill out, like, perfectly because, like, like I said, Mark's beard is full completely like i can only give mine to a certain extent and it, it just stops yeah that that's disappointing um because i did try you know two years ago i had it all the way probably up to my chest uh 
and yeah, you could see right through it, and that was disappointing. You could see right through it. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of look more like a long Fu Manchu kind of beard, and um, yep, showed my Asianness right there, really long, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, the long mustache beard going down like this, and it's like, yeah, so got to trim it up so that it looks a little bit more full, but you know. What what's what's a bunch of Catholic guys talking about beards and and beard care? Yeah, I love talking to other guys about beards because, um, you know, there's some really cool Catholic saints with beards. Uh, you know, the Franciscans, famous famous for having the long beards. I, I love going to to events and seeing seeing the Franciscans and their long long beards, and it's like, and I'm like, man, that looks so cool. It's a ble- it's a blessing, man. They're showing off, and I'm like, man, oh. I'm like, oh, there's a Franciscans. I'm like, yep, yep. I'm like, because oh. I'm like, man, I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the, man, dang. How do you take care of all that? But also, here's here's also one of the funny things. Maybe it's just me, but when I'm clean shaven, I look like a little kid, um, you know. And when I have a beard. You know, when you're driving, and this is California, you're driving, people look at you and give you, they mad dog you on the road when they're having that road rage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but, and I'm not saying I'm a bad driver. They're just some crazy drivers on that freeway. It's like people would like get upset with you and give you the dirty look and start like almost cussing at you and mad dogging you when I don't have my beard. But when I have my beard, they look, and then they turn the other way. It's like, <laughs> I was like, it cracks me up. It's like, what is that? Is there is is there a stereotype with people with beards? I think so because like I've experienced it too. Um, especially in the workplace, my um, I had a boss tell me, a manager one time, because of my beard, she said it made me look intimidating. Right. And I'm like, I am the least intimidating guy. I was like. I was like, is it the beard? And she told me, she's like, yeah, it's the beard. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, sometimes you just look stone cold, like mean. And I'm like. It's like, even, even when you smile, people look at you like, you're scaring me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why? Who is that? It's the beard. No, no. Yeah, no, I I don't need no help. No, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> it's the beard. Yeah, I, I just thought it was me. I was I'd always look and, and and as soon as I shaved, you know, people were like just rolling over you. So maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe that's why I wanted to keep the beard. You know, leave me alone. And it's like road rage. Leave me alone. I got a beard. Yeah, it's like the ultimate road rage deterrent. People <laughs> are like, oh man, he's bearded. Yeah, he's. He's got nothing to lose, man. Don't don't mess with him. <laughs> he's not on. He he's driving a Prius, but he's got a beard. <laughs> Dude, dudes with Priuses that that have beards, they're yeah. We ain't got, they ain't got nothing to lose. Don't mess with him. Yeah, that's me, man. That's, that's me driving around in a Prius and a beard. <laughs> you know, it's they just automatically think bad to the bone that it just plays in their head. It, like oh yeah, dude. It, uh, Don't mess. It's um, it's stereotype. You know, 
But um, moving on from beards, because you know this is going to be a long podcast. If all, all we talked about was beard, but I do, I do appreciate your beard. I do appreciate my brothers who have beards. I'm not alone. Um, for some of you guys who are trying to grow beards, you're gonna have to wait because we all went there. I had that peach fuzz mustache all the way through high school. Um, just gonna have to wait. Keep shaving. You know, absolutely. I I feel with beards and my situation. You know. I didn't choose this life. It chose me. You know, I, uh, I feel like with me, like, I feel like my, my beard evolution is coming as I grow older. Like I'll finally reach the pinnacle of where it grows long and full and majestic and mighty. I feel like it's coming on later on in life. That's so true. Now, beard care. You use beard balm or you use beard butter? What do you use? Um, I've been using what you sent me. Um, as far as that, the only other care is I do use a beard wash by Suavecito mm-hmm. based in Santa Ana. Beautiful. Magnificent. You know, it, it, everything that it has in it, like ingredients wise, it has like eucalyptus, all that great stuff in it. I get out beard shiny. Then I hit it with that bomb, mm-hmm. combing out, and we're ready. Now, you use a comb or you use a brush? I have a brush. Similar to that, but it's, like, more handheld. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's my hand. Wait. Oh, right here. Boom. I was too cheap to buy a real handheld beard brush. So, this is just a regular brush, man. Yeah, this, you know, it has the, the nice little bristles. Yep. Yeah, most people don't realize, you know, there's a lot of care that 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 goes into um into taking care of uh, one's beard. Almost, you know, if only they could see the zoom of the recording of us just combing our beards yeah, and like, just just unison, just loving the beard, you know, just taking care of it. You know, yeah, it's a it's a love thing, you know. Yeah. You know what the 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 most fun thing is when you brush it up so that you can like clean it all up and then brush it down. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm I've almost went as far as the buying like one of those those straighteners. I like the the, the heated yeah. combs that like are Yeah, I was like I was looking at that too. I'm like, man, I should buy one of those. Then I'm looking it's like, man, my wife has a hair straightener. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> and I'm like, man, if I got that that's next level. I was like, really? Do I really think to do that? But you know what? What really sucks now that we have to wear masks, we got to talk about COVID, is when now when I wear that mask, you know, it goes right over here. And now you got that bent beard curve. Yeah. That just goes over like that. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it just sucks for the rest of the day. Well yeah. Like with, the yeah, with the mask, it bunches my beard up. So, like, it brings it up. I have a I have a coworker that'll that'll like braid it all the way and then tuck it in tuck it in roll it he'll roll it he'll roll his beard and then put the mask over Ooh, yeah. that's next level yeah that's an excellent beard and he's Asian Go that's ingenuity right there yeah he's like just rolls it I don't know if he uses a pencil and just rolls it rolls it and then pulls it out and puts the the mask right over it. 
Wow. Genius. That's that's also a man whose wife says, shave the beard. Like my wife, she's like, shave the beard. But we're going rogue. But anyways, bro, I want to really talk to you about it as a bearded man. Some of the things that's going on in the church, and we got to get serious a little bit here. And then we'll talk about more of the fun stuff again. But some of the things I wanted to talk to you about, you know, it's like that tax on the church. You know, we're seeing a lot of this stuff that's going on, the church being attacked, people burning down churches. You know, how much of that stuff are you hearing? Um, and and how is that affecting you and, and, and your group over there? Um, I really haven't touched base with a lot of my young adults um, from my group about it, but I keep an eye on social media, um, a lot of my cohorts in ministry that I've met along the journey, they've posted things and it hurts. It hurts me deeply. Um, being someone who's Catholic, obviously I was raised Catholic. Everything I know religion wise has been Catholic and, you know, um, the mission being attacked, being burned, um, the gentleman driving the van into the parish while there was people there. Mm -hmm. Um, Goodness gracious, it breaks my heart. I've heard of, you know, statues that perishes of, you know, the head of Jesus being beheaded, you know, cutting the head off the statue. Um, it's like, it, it, it wrenches my heart, like, because I don't understand where all the hate and all the, all the fuel for that just comes to attack our church. Mm-hmm. And um, it scares me, you know, for the parishes here in my town. Um, I don't know how people feel about, you know, Catholicism here in my area. You know, I would hate for someone to attack my home parish, you know, where I was raised. Or better yet, even attack, you know, where I do ministry at. That's just always in the back of my mind because I know that a couple of parishes in our diocese, you know, they've had issues. Um, that young man who uh, kicked the statue over of our Blessed Mother in Upland, right? Was yeah, it? Yeah, that was at St. Joseph's in Upland. It was a young man, and, and, and that went viral, you know, the images that he was caught. Um, he just kicked, he kicked the statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And then kicked it a second time, and and the third time, and knocked knocked the statue of a uh, of our blessed mother over, and then just walked away. And uh, and that's a person, you know. I'm really curious because that's a person that knows that knew it was there. Because if you've ever been to Saint Joseph, it's a round church, and um, it's kind of like a a pretty secluded place where that statue is. So it's a person that knows. Um, kind of, I believe it's like someone who's um, struggling. That's what I have to look at. That is someone who's really upset, struggling, misguided anger. Um, I almost look at that sometimes. Is when young men, when we're growing up, we always, we always strike out at the people we love the most, our mom, because it's safe. You know, you, ne- Absolutely. you never see like young men, you know, blow up towards their dad. You know, they're probably, uh, you know, silently in the distance, curse at their father like we do when we curse at our father God. But, you know, when it comes to 
Mama Mary and we comes to our own mothers, you know, we're comfortable to to sometimes, you know, it's not right, yell at her or talk back to our moms. Uh, because, you know, we know, as young men, we know that mom will always love us, you know. And so I, I have to think that that young man um, was not doing that the way that some people are with regards to beheading statues. I, 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 I think, you know, I have to believe that that young man who kicked over that statue of Blessed Mother wasn't doing that as a political um, statement. He was angry. Yeah. But what got me there <clears throat> was, was the image after. Did you get to see the video? Yeah. That that gave me chills because that was a, another young man who's probably coming home from work or either going to work. He's wearing his apron. He goes up. He sees that her image has been knocked down. He goes and puts her back up. And instead of, of leaving, he sits down and says a prayer. He starts mm-hmm. to pray. And I have to believe also that he was praying for that guy or or who he thought was the people who may have done that that deed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I see our people, our faithful. Because that's how I see our young men in Estovir and how I see our young Catholic men out there um, reacting to things like that is bringing up to prayer and asking um, for discernment on how do I approach this. So um, it's it's really traumatic, you know, the things that are going on right now. There's a lot of- it is. I mean, because I've seen pictures of, you know, statues being vandalized with spray paint, you know, statues being broken, statues being knocked over, the whole nine, and it, it hurts, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't know where it's coming from. You know, a lot of it's misguided anger. Um, it's not about politics. A lot of this is just resentment and residual anger, and they're finding, you know, easy targets, you know, and it just sucks that it has to be the Catholic church that they, that they target. Where we are, we, we are what they say, easy targets because, um, the understanding is we won't do anything. Now, now seeing that, saying that we're easy targets and, and looking at social media and what people are posting, what you're seeing, people, videos, um, see um, the, the church in Detroit where you had these men um, with M16s standing uh, in front of the church ready to defend it. Um, you know, what, what do you, what's your take on that, which is what's the level of how our responses to people who might want to damage our worship places. Um, that's tough. Um, I hadn't heard or seen about um, those standing in front of a parish with uh, guns. Obviously, in their heads, they may have seen it as, you know, going about it the right way for them at least to protect their, their church, you know, their place of worship. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, obviously a lot of Catholics would see that as a way of defending, like, you know, 
if they're going to come with violence and do this and try to destroy our church and try to do this, then we need to bring it, hold up our arms and defend our parish and defend our place of worship. But I think it just, it just places a bad stigma, um, Mm -hmm. makes us look, you know, that we're going to resort to extreme measures where I don't think there needs to be extreme measures. I've always known, you know, our Lord and Savior to be, you know, a peaceful and loving God and, and to, you know, love our neighbors, even though they hurt us to continue loving them, to offer those prayers, not to go out and try to hurt them because they're trying to hurt our place of worship, not to, you know, enact violence on those who do things, you know, to wrong to us, you know, I, uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. If it was in my backyard and people were threatening my parish, obviously I will want to stand firm and do anything I could to protect my parish. Now, would I take such extreme measures? No. Um, I just know that that's my place to worship. That's where I go to worship my God. That's where I find my peace and solace. But obviously, to me, you know, Jesus is everywhere. Um, And I've always been taught that, you know, you have to be the image of Christ for someone because you never know who might need it. And I feel that they could have done it a better way. Yes, it hurts to see people go after these great places of worship, to feel under attack, to see all this stuff on the media, on the news. Because Arnell, to be honest with you, I've seen terrible things people are saying about the Catholic Church. And it hurts me every single time. And I want to lash out. But I realize that, you know, I can't. I can't because these people, they don't know what they talk about, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, in the word, I mean, it says, you know, you know, Jesus said that, you know, they they hated me, you know, before they hated you. Or I don't even know how it, it's worded, but I know, you know, that somewhere in, in the Bible it says, you know, you know, don't worry, they hated me before they hated you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, it, it's it's heart wrenching when you see videos of of our worship places, our holy places, being burnt. It it just hurts you to the core when you see our brothers and sisters in Africa, in the Middle East, being burnt alive in Ethiopia um, for being a Christian, for being a Catholic, and and what do you do? Um, but when I see images of our fellow Catholics in the United States, where we do have the freedom to worship, and um, and although those freedoms and the way that we we worship is being um, slowly being taken away, I just I just couldn't get myself to agree when when people take up arms and stand in front of a crucified Jesus with your M16s um, because protesters are coming. Whether or not they're violent protesters, they could be. 
Maybe they are. Maybe they would be. But as a deterrent, the only reason why I say, you know, I cringe with that is in, in the line of work that I do, you know, when you bring that about, you put yourself in line to make a decision. Will I pull that trigger? And if people were coming at you and you're with a weapon, you're going to have to make that choice. Am I going to take somebody's life? And that's a hard call. I mean, that's not what we're called to do. And so I, I really had to pray for, for our brothers and, and for those protesters because it just brought me back to, to Scripture when, when we get so angry, when we get so angry. Um, and it could be righteous anger. But I just want to share this because it, it's, it's something that's weighed heavy in my heart because I don't usually comment on, on pe- what people post that sometimes I feel is divisive. And it's funny because um, in recent podcasts and, and things I've commented on, people have looked at me and said, well, you know, um, you're too liberal. And then people who would see some things that I would say or, or see and says, well, you're too conservative. And I'm like, no, I'm a Catholic. You know, I believe in my faithful citizenship and call that conservative at some points, call that liberal at some points, call that moderate at some points. But I have to look at my conscience and judge that. Neither liberal, neither left, nor right. But where does my God call me to do? And so when I saw this thing with people taking up arms in the post of, of a lot of just the animosity, just the anger, I always have to look at, at, at Scripture in, in John 18, um, verse 10. And in verse 10 and verse 11, I remember that's when Jesus was arrested. He had just finished praying. He's there with his disciples. And Judas had just betrayed him. Judas brings, you know, his, the people who's going to catch our Lord and Savior. And he gets there. And what happens is Simon Peter immediately, first reaction, pulls his sword. He draws it. He strikes the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. That's what, what I see sometimes when, when, I, when I see people getting upset is we, 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 just like Peter, you know, our first pope, gets up, pulls out our sword, and, and strikes out. But what, lo- what I love about that part is it doesn't stop there. That's not where it stopped. It stops where Jesus, like, really looks at Peter and commands him and says, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? So I always have to look at that and say, you know what? Our Lord has a plan. He knows what's going on. You know, no one's going to destroy his church. He might destroy that building, but no one is going to destroy his church. Because he said, it shall never be destroyed. You know? And so sometimes I have to look at that when people get really upset. And we say, you know what? Just go look at just go look at John eighteen verse eleven and see what Jesus said. 
Jesus said, you know, put your sword away. Put your sword away. You know, what I would hope that people, and I ask, is someone asked me one time, well, if they were going to burn down St. Mary's, you know, what would you do? I'd rush over there. I'd rush over there. And I would link arms with my fellow parishioners and let them go for it. You know, go at me. You know, I, I look at some of the things that were happening, like, well, remember the some of the things that happened in Mexico, Mexico City, Argentina, yeah. South America, where protesters were trying to burn down those church. What did the people mm-hmm. do over there? They they stood in front of the church. They stood in front of it, and people threw water at, put threw stuff at them, threw things at them, and they pray the rosary. They pray the rosary. They ask for an intercession of Mother Mary and all the saints to help them. And that's what I hope that young people will look at because, you know, rage, rage begets rage. Rage begets rage. And if we're preaching peace, and and I know someone's already told me it's like, it's not peace, but, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's the new crusades. And and I love that. You know, I love the whole thing, the story of the Crusades. But, you know, we preach peace. We preach love. Um, it's not saying that we can't stand up and defend ourselves. But there is a time and place about that. We need to discern that time and place. It's not always a time and place to pull out your gun and start shooting at people and start beating at people. You know, one of the scariest thing that I saw, again, I think it happened in in, in Upland, Whereas his protesters, and this guy got out of his house and brandished a weapon. That's scary, you know. That scares kids, you know. And and to say, well, I wasn't going to shoot anyone. You know what? Been into too many cases where you put yourself to be able to make that decision: Am I going to pull the trigger? Or am I not going to pull the trigger? I mean, if if you are a gun owner, if anyone here is a gun owner, and my family are a bunch of gun owners. You know, when you go to the shooting range and when you go take those lessons, you have to be able to make that decision. Can I pull that trigger? So responsible gun owners know that. It's it's not just to be, you know, bearded men don't wear, don't carry guns, <laughs> you know. So uh, that's that's just my, my, um, my spiel. My yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean... I finally, I finally found that verse I was talking about. It's, it's John fifteen eighteen, and it's a. Uh, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you, and you know I. You know that's that speaks volumes to as to what's going on, you know. Yeah. But you know you made an excellent point. You know, I you know going to a church, in front of the crucified Jesus. And, you know, having a gun on you, you know, you really have to make that conscious decision. Or are you going to use it? Yep. You know, would, would that be something Jesus wanted you to do? Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a hard decision. I think it's a personal decision. I think everyone who has, who has to face that has to um, lift it up in prayer. You know, take it up to prayer, take it up to God, what you're going to say. But, you know, you, you preaching peace and you preaching what you just said you know you know snacks you're a huge man i'm like you know 
when people see you, the probably the first stereotype that they say is, "Oh yeah, he'll pull a gun. You know, he'll beat someone over the head with their own arm if they try to do something." But knowing who you are, you're probably the first guy out there who's going to protest or comes or someone who's going to try to burn down the house, uh, the house of God. And you're probably the first one out there and say, hey, man, give me a hug. You know, it's not all that. And, yeah. and that's what I appreciate with with people who are men of God is they're willing to come out at you with open arms instead of closed arms and um, cocked um weapons uh, there is room for peace and and it starts from us men who are willing to sometimes stand down stand down uh, and back off you know, it's kind of like when when you're raising kids or if you have uh, a teen who's upset you don't go up there and get in their face you know back off you know let them have their time and uh, god will do the rest so, yeah, those are some of the, some just the traumatic things that's going on. So, what else? Um, well, that brought it to a serious note. <laughs> yeah, that went that went too serious. I mean, but it's it's necessary because you know it, it's happening. You know, it's you don't want to see it happening. You know, that's the last thing you want to wake up and comb through your social feeds and see that another church was attacked or, you know, another statue was vandalized because, you know, it just, it just makes things worse, you know? Do you, do you almost think that maybe God is like really testing us, not testing us in a bad way, but, you know, checking us, you know, and says, you know, I'm going to check on you guys to see if you actually will be faithful because right now, you know, it cracks me up. I have to look at this. It says right now it is really hard to get to mass because they only allow a hundred people it's outdoors it's a hundred degrees out and mass is outside um and so so it's almost like it's almost like work to get to to mass to receive jesus <clears throat> to go to confession and so it's almost like you know let's see how much do you really want me uh, exactly and and the crazy thing is not very many. You know, you see the, the mass and it's outdoors and there's a limit of 100. And the crazy thing is it doesn't fill. Isn't that crazy? It's like there's room for 100. We're complaining about, you know, there's no mass or banding mass. But it's not full. Like, why isn't it full then? It's kind of like it's kind of like um, this church uh, near me. The people were complaining that there weren't enough English masses, and they complained to the priest and they said, "We need more masses in English." And the priest said, "Well, when you can fill one, then we'll talk about having another." Uh, so it just, you know, I, I, what I'm trying to get at is that the church is getting smaller. You know, Pope Benedict said that the church is going to be smaller, but more faithful. I think that's the beginning of that, because the people mm -hmm. who are really wanting to go to church are going to Mass. Right? They're going to Mass. People who truly love being with Jesus are being there. You know, I, I look at, um, again, I have to go back to, to these young guys. They're serving 
at mass to to be able to attend mass every Sunday because you know it's a lottery. They volunteered to clean the chairs because if you clean the chairs, you get to go to mass. So every Saturday night, they're the ones you know, de- you know, detoxing the the chairs before and after mass so they can be at mass. And it's you know it just it just warms your heart when you see young people who are so um, active with their faith with that. And um, absolutely, and that that speaks to their hearts. You know, the um, it speaks to their you know constant longing to you know be in communion. You know, to be at that table to you know to share to share in you know, his communion, you know, that's those boys, it speaks volumes to say that, you know, Hey, I'm going to volunteer because I want to be at mass. I want to be here. And you can't say that about a lot of people. I know for myself at my age, you know, when I was their age, mass was the last thing on my mind. You know, I can recall, you know, a teenage self if the pandemic was happening when i was a teenager and we weren't having masks and there wasn't you know okay i saved most i saved my sunday mornings i but now you know obviously with you know there being outdoor services i have yet to um go to outdoor mass yet um just for personal reasons, you know, for precautions, because, you know, myself having diabetes, my uncle and mom both having it too. I don't want to run the risk. You know, I don't want to bring that back to my family. So I have my computer. Um, Thanks be to God, my, you know, parish, they have a good team, a technical team that they record mass and they live stream it. And, you know, if I can't find the live stream for my parish, there's a ton of parishes that have masses that are being streamed in. I could tune in there and, you know, I've learned about, you know, prayers for spiritual communion, um, prayers for, you know, reconciliation and confession. If you know, you're not able to obtain it and stuff like that. And at first, to be honest with you, when everything happened, my biggest fear was not being able to go to confession and not being able to receive the body and blood. And, it like it really stressed me out like to the point where i was texting my deacon i was texting friends i was like come on you you got to know a couple of priests that you know can i do like a zoom confession can i do like a phone call confession is 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 there rules against that i go is there anywhere in the catechism that says that's not allowed and and you know obviously you know my deacon was like uh, you know there's you know you you have to be patient you know seeking prayer he is like talk to jesus you know talk to him about your sins you know ask for his forgiveness ask for his absolution you know talk to him actually have a conversation and i'm like but i guess i had gotten so used to being mm-hmm. present in the moment with the priest and stuff like that that made it you know tough for me to adjust yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, my wife and I have not gone to mass since the beginning of of this lockdown, and that's because both of us 
work in hospitals. And so most of us, most of the things that reason why we don't go is out of um, extra precautions so that we might be carriers and end up giving it. Um, because there are older people and still people who are sick or, or um, immunocompromised who attend mass. So we have um, made a decision to attend mass at home. And my wife is serious with, with regards to doing mass. I mean, we, she has, even if we're, we're watching it on TV, she makes us dress up. She makes us uh, sit in place. We stand up, we kneel, we uh, we do all of the rituals. Um, it's like Mass at Home. And the wonderful thing is we've gone to Mass, and you know, I think our favorite is going to Mass in Australia. I think it's because my wife likes the accents. Um, so we've been going to Mass in Australia. Uh, so we're going to try to go to Mass all over the world as long as we can understand it. So I think that's the benefit is we've gotten to see the church become smaller as we're seeing it all over the world, but we're seeing the church also become more smaller in a sense as in the faithful are truly craving uh, and desiring uh, true worship. Uh, and uh, it's it's really beautiful seeing young people, seeing older people. Uh, yeah. I, I always say is distance makes the heart grow fonder. Well, this is about as distant as we distant as we can get. So, on a lighter note, let's go on a lighter note. Um, I had told you guys yesterday that pancit is not one of my favorite foods. I am Filipino. Oh, yeah, man, that hurts. Filipino. But you know, story behind that is, you know, we when we immigrated to the United States, you know, uh, we weren't we were pretty bad off, you know. My dad died, and so uh, my mom, to make ends meet, would make a lot of pancit. And for you guys who don't know, pancit is really cheap to make. It's really easy to make. Um, she wouldn't add all the other stuff on there. It would just be the pancit and the soy sauce and a little bit of chicken. And that's what we would have. She would cook it the night before, and she would leave it until we finished it. So it would be like lunch, dinner, pancit. And the thing with my mom was if if you told her it was good, she'll keep making it. And so she would make it and make it. And make, um, basically, dude, my mom made some really good punset, but I got sick of it. And to this day, um, it has to be um, a special case. I have to be in the mood to, to eat that punset. I'm like, mm, yeah. Man, and I love it, dude. I maybe it's because you know we have such a, a vibrant Filipino community here at our parish, and you know one of my closest friends, you know, coming up in the ministry, you know, he would invite me to all his family parties, and you know, I'd walk in. I I recall uh, an occasion one time. Um, obviously, it's my friend Bernie. Um, you know, his little brother Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Bernie took me, he called me and he goes, Hey, go to my uncle's for a party. You know, do you want to come with, you know, I got to do some stuff afterwards. So, you know, we can hang out. I was like, cool. Yeah, no problem. I had already had lunch. I know, you know, my family had ordered pizza. So I was stuffed. 
I was, I was good. I walked in there and, you know, I'm greeted by his uncle, uh, his uncle Dodong. It was his uncle Dodong and his uncle Ed. And, you know, typical Filipino greeting. He's like, hey, boy. He's like, come over here. He's like, hey, there's food right here. Uh, rice, the whole nine. And I was like, oh, dude, unk, man, I'm, I am stuffed. I was like, I can't do it. I, I thank you so much for offering a plate, but I can't do it. And this man just looked at me and like, he just had that look in his face. Like, you really going to come into my house and just not eat my food? That's right. He's like, is this, is that what we're doing? He's like, and he just looked at me and goes, what do you mean you're not hungry boy? And I'm like, and my, you know, my friend Bernie looked at me, he goes, Hey dude, he's like, you should probably eat. And I'm like, ah. it's like, all right. So, you know, I, I, I got my plate, man. And I picked out and I was just suffering. I was hurting. And when it came to the end, you know, when we were getting ready to leave, he goes, hold on, hold on. You know, here, he gave me this two plastic bags, man. Just three boxes deep, three to go boxes deep, each bag just full of food, man. Like I had like two boxes of Ponset, two boxes of lumpia and a box of like barbecue chicken on a stick, a box of steak on a stick. And man, just a gang of stuff. And I'm like, it's like, man, I go, I'm stuffed, but I can't stop eating it. I was like, cause it's so good. You know, I found myself in his car, just opening a box. Just going away, man. But your story of you know not liking Ponce growing up because it was made a lot reminded me of uh, myself uh, growing up. I didn't like uh, pozole. My grandma would make my grandma would make pozole all the time, and I would not. I would just stay away from it. Even as I got older, I would just stay away from it because something about the hominy just. It wasn't it for me. I was like, I'm not touching that. That's weird. What is that? And finally, I was think like in my late 20s, Arnell, I kid you not, dude. My sister's like, my sister made it, you know, because my sister just remembered a lot of my grandma's recipes. So she made it. And she goes, Jamie, just try it. Just take a bite. So I took a bite. And it was like, just total enlightenment. I was like, where have I been? Why have I not liked this? And now I love it. Absolutely. I I crave it. I tell my sister all the time, I like, we make pasole. And she's like, no, it's too hot. And I'm like, please. And like I've had it, I've had it different ways. I've had, you know, chicken pasole, I've had pork pasole, I've had, you know, green pasole, red pasole, the whole nine. And I'm just like, I need it. And I don't care how hot it is, but I just want it. <laughs> And it's just funny, like, I never liked it, but then once I finally sucked it up and tried it, I ended up loving it. Yeah, gotta love that, gotta love that. Gotta love the fact that, you know, our parents, our mothers, our great-grandmothers, our grandmothers are the ones who introduce us to, to, you know, food that is that just fills us. You know, and it's poor food, you know, but it's food that they know how to make and it touches us. And, you know, it always brings us back to those memories because it's also those grandmothers and those mothers that that kept us in the faith so mm-hmm. so anyways gotta um gotta make sure i cover this snacks 
How's that uh, search for that Catholic queen? It's going. It's going. Um, not going to lie. Um, I finally had like a realization. I always tell my young adults, you know, my boys, my, my girls all, all the time that your person that God specifically made for you is out there. And I always stressed it. It was always the biggest focal point of my advice to them. But in my own life, I wasn't taking that advice. Mm -hmm. I continuously, continuously seeked it and I would only hurt myself in the process. Um, Just recently, I was talking to someone, thought everything was copacetic. Obviously, she wasn't Catholic, which was fine. I you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know be like that i'm not gonna be biased like oh well you're not catholic i don't want to date you because ultimately i want my catholic queen it wasn't about that we had really good conversation everything everything just was clicking well when we first began to talk she had told me that she was interested in someone else but it really didn't matter like i was just okay with the conversation i was okay with being a friend because I hadn't had that conversation. I hadn't had that, like that connection, you know, to where I could just talk to someone all day and not have worry about any ties or any connections, you know, and it was nice. Well, one day she just disappeared, cut me off on every social, just disappeared. And I was just like, man, what did I do? What happened? Cause it had happened before she previously where I was talking to someone things were going well and they just disappeared and I was like what did I do well a couple weeks passed by and she um re-added me on Facebook and um wrote me on messenger and you know apologized we got to talking and you know we went from, you know, talking on Messenger to where she actually gave me her phone number. I had never had her phone number. We had only talked through Messenger. And we finally started talking and via phone and everything was going good, I thought. Well, one night I had told her, hey, I'm going to head home. If I don't talk to you, I'm probably asleep. So good night, you know, sleep good. And she started writing, but then she stopped. And I was like, is everything okay? And she's like, don't be mad at me. And I'm like, I was like... Oh, I was like, here we go. Here we go. And she had told me that she had uh, met someone on a dating app. And, you know, it's one of those dating apps where it's not meant to find your match. It's meant for something else. And she's like, yeah, it's going really good. So I can't talk to you anymore. And I'm like okay so we've been talking for these past two weeks but you've been on this app for a week so you're on this app and you're talking to this guy and you're talking to me too i was like wow i was like i i feel stooped i feel you know it's this sucks so you know obviously i went to you know twitter and i vented because you know I was just frustrated with it and I talked to a couple friends, you know, close confidants and, you know, the one thing that rang true was 
you got to stop snacks, let it find you. And, you know, it was just reminiscent of everything I've ever told anybody who has ever come to me and asked me for advice. Mm -hmm. There's someone for you and he or she will come. And I thought back to my experience at Steubenville in Irvine. It was Steubenville OC. It was the inaugural year. Um, Sarah Swafford spoke. And she was talking about her, her, you know, her relationship with her husband and how it first began and how she said, you know, in order to find your match, in order to have a great relationship, you just got to understand that Jesus Christ is your number one and your partner is your number two. And whoever your partner is, Jesus must be their number one and you will be their number two. And I'm like, and all that just came back to me like, that's right. I need to die to myself. I need to, you know, become more closer in communion with Jesus himself. Then she'll come because obviously there's a plan he has for me. Obviously there's, you know, my wife's out there or my girlfriend, whatever he wills for me. Cause for all I know, it, I could be single. I could be, you know, to the single life. And that's absolutely fine. I don't, I don't see any issue with that. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've, I've made the assumption. I've made the mistakes of reading things wrong. And, you know, <laughs> it would cause a calamity. And, you know, wires would get crossed. And I would just end up looking like a fool. And I would feel like a fool because of, you know, things that have happened. But so, yeah, now it's more so on God's time. You know, I'm letting him work within me. Um, I'm, you know, focused on my schoolwork. I'm focused on ministry things. And, you know, if God wills for me to have, you know, a missus in the future, then we'll cross that bridge when he comes. And, you know, I... I can look back on, you know, some of my greatest hits, you know, falling in love at not just one white cast or two white casts. I wouldn't say falling in love, but, you know, end up like liking someone falling at white cast, falling in like, yeah, there we go. Falling in like at white cast, you know, t- two summers in a row. <laughs> it's just, I think the first, the first time was just because quintessentially in my eyes and what I've seen, that was the Catholic queen. That is, was the exact person I was looking for. Carried herself well, Catholic, loved Jesus the whole nine. I was like, wow. <laughs> that's a catch, bro. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. If I know who you're talking about, that's a catch. Absolutely. And to this day, I, I still get those butterflies. And when I, when I come across her, and, you know, I'll always remember, you know, I got to give her one thing, though. The way she let me down was the most beautiful thing because she was honest and she was genuine. She didn't, class, she, didn't, she didn't pull any punches on how, you know, things, you know, transpired, which I respect her for, which was great because I've had experiences where, it was like a complete, like total shutdown. Like 
made me look like a fool type thing. But that experience with her, smooth. Yep. Because you know why? And you know why, right? Hmm. You know why? Why? Because that is a woman. Absolutely. That's a woman with. And I think that. And I, you know, I think that's what it was. You know, even after like the whole like dismissal and stuff like that, I wasn't mad. Like I was like, wow, I was like, that was really, you know, respectable, respectable of her. That was, you know, decent. You know, I, you know, she didn't say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're this, you're that. You know, didn't demean me. Was very, very cordial, very respectful. And man, I was like, Jesus, I was like, you are a cat. I pray to God, whoever, you know, is put in your life. Yeah. You know, even if it, even if it is me, <laughs> I mean, I wish, I wish it would have been, but Hey, that person be blessed. And you know, what's going to be funny about this is if, if she ever listens to this, which I think she would, she's going to crack up because, and everyone who's going to be listening to this is going to be wondering who is that woman? Who is that Catholic queen? Who is that queen? And you know what? We ain't telling you. We're gonna keep that as no. I mean, and there's there's a select few. There's yeah. you know. But for the of rest- course all of course all the high desert you know my my boys know. But for the rest of you listeners out there, that is one of those things that's just gonna be so cute. And um, for that for that uh, that prize of a woman, um, man, you're a catch, and whoever catches that one. They're going to be very blessed. And hopefully it's our Catholic king right here. But you Absolutely. Know, absolutely. Your, your path is going to run into that Catholic queen one day. And I love what you're saying. You know, you're, you're discerning. Maybe it is single life. Maybe God has a plan for you. Maybe his plan for you is in a couple of years or maybe next week. Maybe tomorrow you're running to that woman. He doesn't just catch your heart. Um you got a good soul right there. Plus, folks, the man has an awesome beard. Yeah, I mean, what else could you want? That's all it is. Guy has a big, huge heart. Loves Jesus Christ. Fantastic beard. What else do you want? Yeah, like, that should have been, like, right on the money. That's a package right there. Package. But you know, package. I I finally got I finally got it though, Arno. Like, I really you know just need to leave it up to him. Quit rushing things. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I just like look on how you know my siblings have met their significant others. You know, my brother Benai, he met his wife at church. You know, he was he he was rushing into things. And he was getting heartbroken. He was getting hurt. He was, you know, just not breaking old habits. And finally, you know, when he had his moment of resurrection, when Jesus spoke to him and came to him and he flipped it around, he went a complete 180 and, you know, he got involved in his church more heavily. And, you know, he met my sister-in-law and, you know, they both discerned, they both prayed upon things. They, they got married. Um, you know, I was able to witness their nuptials and, you know, now they have a beautiful one-year-old, you know, my uh, youngest niece. And, and I'm like, man, you know, thinking to myself, like, you know, it'll come snacks. It'll come quit worrying about things, you know, quit, quit worrying about 
who likes you, you know, who you want to be interested in. Pray about it. Die to yourself. That's what that's what my friend, you know, you've got to die to yourself, you know, in order to, you know, reach that communion with, you know, Jesus. And I'm at the point where I'm like, let's do it, you know. I'm I'm fully I'm fully focused on praying and you know if like you said it could come tomorrow it could come next week it come with within the next couple of years who knows and like most of us we pray for patience well snacks we talked about the Nazarite men we talked about beards we even talked about beard care you know that's about as um, that's about as uh, as estrogen we can get when we start talking about beard care. Um, talked about combing our beards. <laughs> Someone's going to watch the video of this if this ever gets released. Um, they're going to see us brushing our beards. We talked about that kid who kicked down our leader of Guadalupe and Upland. We talked about the anger and frustrations on the attack in the church. And we talked about Puncet and Pozole. And we talked about you falling in love and that mystery Catholic queen, the missing Catholic queen. <laughs> but that's all we have. But as part of the episode that we're doing, the series of Who I Am, Snacks, I got to ask you, who are you? And you got to answer with I am. Mm. All right. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a lover of Jesus Christ. I am a, a son, a brother, a uncle, and a godfather. I am Jaime Larios, otherwise known as Snacks. And he is a bearded man. That's right. Because this is absolutely episode. so, folks. That is Snacks. I mean, Larios from Barstow. Go check him out. Follow him. Um, he's an amazing, amazing um, disciple of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing man. I truly admire this guy. You guys got to follow him. That's all we have, unfortunately, for this episode of this podcast. I want to thank you, Jaime, for, for really staying on with this and opening up with to our listeners. Got a great story, brother. You know, we hope you guys like this episode of This Connected Podcast. Again, as I always say, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Please give us a rating and a review. That's really helpful in the algorithms to get our content out there. I got to add, we, we did get some crazy listeners from Texas. For some reason, we're getting listeners from Texas. Um, guys, you can email us your comments or questions to my email, catholic.dad. Five zero at gmail.com or simply DM us on our Instagram page at catholic.dad you can also send us a donation with our Venmo blah 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 catholic dot dad you know to help support the youth ministry at uh, our parish or whoever you want that money to go to um, we'll even send you some stickers so anyways as I always say to end this show folks remember live a life of holiness we will be praying for you. Please pray for us. And most importantly, be blessed and be third. Different boy.
points of view and highs and lows a new perspective everywhere you go open up your mind drown out the noise and see if this connected and see if This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The Cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out The Cabin on Instagram at thecabin2021. Again, that's at thecabin2021, T-H-E-C-A-B-I-N, 2021.